This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. As an important symbol for our desire to revitalize our relationship with the Poundmaker Cree Nation, I am here today on behalf of the Government of Canada to confirm without reservation that Chief Poundmaker is fully exonerated of any crime or wrongdoing. I would also like to offer all members of the Poundmaker Cree Nation, past and present, an apology for the historic injustices, hardship and oppression suffered by Chief Poundmaker and your community on behalf of the Government of Canada and all Canadians. That is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Just in the past hour, he's visiting a Saskatchewan First Nation to exonerate, as you heard, Chief Poundmaker, unjustly convicted of treason more than 130 years ago. And the ceremony that you heard is taking place at the reserve that bears his name, the Poundmaker Cree Nation. It's about 200 kilometres northwest of Saskatoon. Now, members of the First Nation describe Poundmaker as an important political leader who spoke out against Treaty 6 and stood up for his people at the time of the 1885 Northwest Rebellion. And they say Poundmaker was inappropriately labeled a traitor, even though he stopped First Nations fighters from going after retreating federal forces that had attacked them. So how did we get to this point in history? Like, you're going to see that headline everywhere today, that the Prime Minister apologized for this. But we wanted to know why. What was the story behind it? And for that, we turn to our guest, Professor James Daschuk, who's the author of Clearing the Plains, Disease, Politics of Starvation, and the Loss of Indigenous Life. And James, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm really fascinated to learn about this. Tell me about Chief Poundmaker. Who was he? Chief Poundmaker was a, a Plains Cree, a uh, young Plains Cree leader, kind of an up-and-comer, who was acknowledged both by his own people and by Dominion officials to be uh, one of the best politicians, one of the most insightful. So to his people, as you just said in your intro, uh, he was a hero to the Plains Cree, but to the government. Almost from the time of, of, of treaty negotiations in 1876, he was considered to be a troublemaker and a rebel rouser because he stood up for the rights of his people in a peaceful way. Right, in a peaceful way, and even though he prevented more bloodshed from happening. Yeah, but I think um, just because uh, Indian policy was so draconian in those days that I think uh, any leader that actually you know tried to remind government officials of of the you know the uh, the stipulations of the treaty. Uh, were branded troublemakers. So uh, I know that the uh, the government basically had it out for Poundmaker even from the early 1880s. They considered him a troublemaker. His band was cut off rations at least three times between 1881 and 1885. So he worked he worked peacefully, but um, he was he was steadfast in uh, in trying to uh, preserve the rights of his people. So then how did it take us 130 years to get to the point where his story is kind of really fully being told? Well, that's a very good question. I know that, uh, that the folks up at Poundmaker have been, you know, um, his, his conviction, his, his trial was really a show trial. Uh, there's a lot of correspondence between John A. McDonald and Edgar Disney, his lieutenant governor out here. Uh, they, wanted, they wanted a show of power. And so they also wanted to attack Indigenous leadership. 
So by getting rid of Poundmaker, by, by finding him guilty of treason, and also another uh, great chief, the chief whose English name is Big Bear, by sending them to prison, they basically took care of, of any indigenous leadership that could have pushed back after 1885. So it was easier then to label them treason, label it all treason, and that made the government of Canada look good. Yeah, well, I mean, that was the way they, they uh, asserted their uh, their power, wasn't it? So you got to remember that at the same time, this is, you know, the same year Uriel was hanged, uh, not far actually from from, uh, from Poundmaker at Battleford in November of 1885, was the site of the largest mass execution in Canadian history. Uh, six Cree and two Nakota men were hanged in front of hundreds of Indigenous people as a symbol of Canadian force. Basically, the message was, don't mess with Canada because this is what's going to happen to you. So, and here we have these stories. And I think a lot of people, James, today, if, learning about Chief Poundmaker's case would be like, well, why, why don't we hear more about this? Why aren't we taught these kinds of stories? Are we still a long way from fully understanding and grappling with Canadian history? You know, I think that door's open. Here in Saskatchewan, we've got mandated uh, treaty education, and I know that my children are learning about Chief Poundmaker's um, legacy in high school. So, uh, you know, it's taken time. I think with the younger people, changes in curriculum, that we're, we're going to see uh, a larger scale change in our understanding of the past. And what does that mean for us then? Does that, that change the relationship that we have with Indigenous people? Uh, I'm hoping so, yeah. But like, I, I think once we realize just how unjust Indigenous policy was in those days, I mean, here in Saskatchewan, probably out in, in BC as well, there was an extra legal pass system that basically incarcerated First Nations people on their reserves from 1885, again, about the same time, up until the 1940s or 50s. Like, it, Indigenous people were prisoners on their reserves. This is such a part of history, I think, that we, as you're saying, we're just starting to learn more about. So then how significant is it that the Prime Minister went there today to apologize? Well, for the community, I, I watched the uh, watched the news coverage. It was very important. I know that the, the folks from Poundmaker have been working on this, negotiating for, for actually decades. I think it was the 1990s when they started it. Also, it's uh, probably good for the Prime Minister. We've got an election coming up, and we've got a very high percentage of Indigenous voters here in Saskatchewan. And uh, this is a way for him to, um, to push the ball of reconciliation down the road a little bit. Uh, you know, he's been behind, he's probably behind schedule on, on what he promised. So this is uh, probably, you know, a win-win for both communities. And are, are there more chief pound makers in our history that we need to know about? Oh, I'm sure. I'm, uh, there's no doubt that there are. It's just, um, you know, I was telling someone this morning, uh, the government won't exonerate anyone unless they're asked to be, you know, they've been asked to exonerate them. So uh, I'm sure other communities will, will come through. There was just an apology for, uh, you know, the, the medical evacuation of Inuit people for tuberculosis. Um, but I mean, you know, uh, the door is just just beginning to be opened. There are more and more situations that we'll be hearing about in the future, for sure. And James, what do you say then to people who go, oh, gosh, another apology? And, you know, there is that attitude, which is why we wanted to do this today to actually explain what was going on. But there are people who feel like, what are all these apologies for? Yeah, well, what the apologies are for is that the Canadian government acted in bad faith and we're finally recognizing it. And, and the people running the Canadian government are recognizing it. So, uh, I mean, you know, the process of, of reconciliation is going to take, you know, years, if not you know, decades. But uh, it's a start. It's a start with these symbolic acts. All right. So interesting. James, thank you very much for your time today. 
Yeah, thank you. Take care. You too. That is Professor James Daschuk. He's the author of a book called Clearing the Plains, Disease, Politics of Starvation, and the Loss of Indigenous Life. And I got to tell you, when I started looking into this story this morning, because I wanted to learn more about it, and I came across this book, I thought, where has this book been my whole life?